Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. We made it, John, to episode 10, a little milestone. Yeah. Are you ready to bring it? I- I'm going to try. <laughs> we'll see how I do today. Oh, you're going to bring it. Crazy how time flies, though. So most plays was uh, episode 9, so we'll try to top that. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to move to Thursdays, so... The Thursday night game, we may not be able to give you intel in time for that anymore, so we're sorry about that. It is disappointing, because sometimes those Thursday night games are very nice, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, We still may mention them, just so we feel good about ourselves, but we are in a secluded (laughs) room, so we have no idea what's going on in the game right now. It's true. Period. But we'll try to stay away from them, so we got you some good stuff when you were listening to this podcast anyways. Um, but let's get right on to it. Talk about some players. Yeah. Talk about some good players, some bad players. Where do you want to start, John? I think starting with some bad players mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position. Sounds wide receiver? Interesting. That's a fun one to talk about, but it's going to be a tough one to talk about when I was looking at wide receivers this week, too. <laughs> I agree. I struggled. All right. What do you got? What's your bad? Surprisingly, I'm going to try to work this in before, in real time, this okay. becomes irrelevant. Okay. So, maybe I have an ulterior motive talking about creeper wide receivers this week, but I really think that OBJ is not going to be having the best of games. So, anybody that's in those halfway point leagues that is listening to this a little bit late, I just don't really like him this week. I think with all the off-the-field drama that he's been dealing with, calling out Eli Manning, saying that he's not getting enough targets... And that with all of the stuff with Sterling Shepard throwing a fit as well, I think it's going to throw that team into a bit of chaos for on a short week. So, in my opinion, I think OBJ is more of a wide receiver too this week, just with a shaky down week. So, I don't really trust him. So, that's about my feelings on OBJ. Gotcha. Well, sadly, it's just not in the nick of time for people. But yeah, I think you you almost have to play him if he's on your roster right. anyway. So my whole thing is just. Maybe the rest of your decisions will probably have to come with an understanding that OBJ is uh, maybe not the safest of plays this week. Yeah. Um, Creeper-wise, if we're going wide receiver for me, um, I'm sticking where I was last uh, week with Tyreek Hill. Although I think Kansas City and New England is going to be super um, high-scoring shootout type game. Um, I, I just don't like Tyreek Hill. I never have. He had that big game to start the season, but outside of that, he's just been to wide receiver too. Um I don't know. Uh, he's only had one 100-yard game receiving-wise. Outside of that, it's been, you know, around the 50 mark. Um, so, I just I just don't like it. If he's not getting his yards and he's not getting those red zone touches, touchdowns and looks that he's never gotten in his career, I just don't like playing him. And New England's kind of stiff on wide receivers. They give up the 10th fewest two wide receivers, so... Not really a fan of the old Tyreek Hill play. But I'm also kind of leery of Antonio Brown this week if I'm going to throw out a big name. Mm. Yeah, I think this is the first time, and Donnie will hate me for this when he listens <laughs> to it, but I, I think Cincinnati's got the upper hand. And they've they've always had a sneaky good defense. Uh, and this one is it's just the nature of the league right now. Everybody's getting passed on. But they're pretty good with takeaways when I'm watching them. Um, I streamed them last week, so I, I just think Pittsburgh coming into Cincinnati, Antonio Brown's going to kind of fade away again, and Smith-Schuster's going to come back out on top. I just got the feeling in my gut. 
I will say that William Jackson really did a good job at, at covering him last year and limiting his production. So I agree. But, man, my expectations for Cincinnati defense are way worse than what I thought. I thought they were a very underrated defense this year. But their pass rush really hasn't been anyone except for just Geno Atkins being a man among boys. Well, so if you listen to my uh, defenses in our last podcast and you played them, they got you some pretty good points. They sure did. But I would argue those are some of the flukiest they defensive touchdowns <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, fumbles right into the hands of passing defensive ends that missed their pass rush. Nonetheless. As a... Uh, <laughs> As as much as I like to see the Bengals play fairly well, um, <laughs> I was pretty lucky. Let's be real. Nonetheless, out of my streaming defenses, it's twenty plus points. I've got two weeks in a row. As I always get these defenses that I stream. <laughs> it's strong. Sticking with the wide receivers, do you want to go keeper or do you want to go sleeper? Um, I think I'm feeling keeper. Keeper. Yeah. I think this is easy for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say mine both, and it's just Julio Jones at home versus Tampa Bay. I could not concur more, but I think I think their cornerbacks are like two poodles, and then their <laughs> safeties are kittens in Tampa Bay. Like, just garbage. So I, I honestly didn't know they were that much worse. And how many yards did you say Julio Jones was on pace for this season? I believe, if my math is correct and looking it up, over 1,800 receiving yards yeah. this year. So they may double cover Julio Jones with two you know, toddlers, but he's still going to have a great day. Even if he doesn't get in the end zone. But per- personally, he was also my keeper for this week. He's just money. I, I yeah. mean, I-, I mean, maybe all of the receivers will play well, and his game will just be like 80 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But that will be with, like, Ridley and Sanu both having over 100 yards and a yeah. touchdown as well. Like, yeah. I think this guy's the limit for every Atlanta receiver this week. Yeah. It, I, and I, I can't wait to see Tampa Bay just get slaughtered because – like I've said it again and again. And Jameis Winston has a beautiful matchup. Mm-hmm. But I bet you he doesn't give you the points that people are expecting in the stream this week. Away in Atlanta, I'm expecting some turnovers. And as, as bad as Atlanta's past defense has been, I still, but maybe it's too, I'm biased. But I also throw out A.J. Green. Man, if you're doing daily fantasy leagues, if you can get A.J. Green and Julio Jones in that lineup with some cheap people around them, I think you're set. Those are two very safe. Pittsburgh is another just shred them up secondary. And that's why I think Cincinnati takes, you know, this rivalry has been. Cincinnati can never seem to get over Pittsburgh. And the Reds can never seem to get over the Louisville. Yeah. But, and once I they can get over them in the regular season, I think that's a legitimate team into the postseason. And I think this year we see with the Bengals. I think they handle Pittsburgh. It's a very interesting debate. I mean, I'm kind of on the same page that this is the first year where it really feels like not only are the Bengals looking legitimate again, which they've done before, and they've come into Pittsburgh and just got embarrassed, but this is the first time that Pittsburgh looks like like they're falling apart. Yeah. Like, maybe not dead. I think they have a lot of talent on that roster, but there's a lot of discord going on in the locker room, and, like, Antonio Brown's not been happy, Le'Veon's holding out, Roethlisberger looks a lot more mortal than I've ever seen him look. Mm Mm-hmm. And their defense, man, where'd it go? Like, I understand Shazier not being able to play for them is an enormous loss. I didn't think it was this big. Yeah. So that's actually my sleeper as well as referencing the same sort of thing. And that's that I like Tyler Boyd a lot this week. I don't even know if he's a sleeper anymore. To me, that's kind of what my argument was even going to be. Like, I looked at some of the rankings and people have him as a low-end wideout too, which I, I think that's not disrespectful, 
but I don't think people really realize how similar they are between even Juju Smith-Schuster for looking mm-hmm. at the parallel in the same game. Mm-hmm. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster is being available right now as the 11th best receiver in fantasy, according to ESPN as a play this week. And we have Ty- or Bo- Tyler Boyd sitting there at like a 8-19, like 20-ish, like barely in there. Like They're mm-hmm. saying good flex play week no, wide out two. 450 yards and two touchdowns for Schuster this year and 393 and two touchdowns for Boyd. And in my opinion, Boyd has been coming on stronger recently and then Schuster had his first off game this last week. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly because they beat down Atlanta, but I expected him to be involved to get ahead in Atlanta. So arguably, in my opinion, you could play Boyd just as much with as much confidence as you would Schuster this week. I don't disagree with you there. Um... I like it, but my sleepers are a little bit more sleepy, so you can probably get both of these people. Um, and then maybe in the three wide receiver uh, roster, 10-team, 12-team league, I would very much consider playing these wide receiver three. Ryan Grant in Indianapolis. We were talking about how banged up Ebron is. Um, and you look at the nine targets Ryan Grant got last week, even when everybody was healthy, he's still getting his own targets. He's getting 50-plus yards, um, or 50, around 50 yards, I won't say 50-plus consistently. Um, but I think he gets those targets again, and I think he even manages to find the end zone for the first time this season this week. Um, okay. I think he's a good play. And I'm also going to go in with as bad as um, Alex Smith looked on Monday night. I'm going to give you <laughs> so a Washington wide receiver, not named Paul Doxon, not named Jamison Crowder, <laughs> not named Paul Richardson. So this is a sleeper in, in, a, in a half, but Maurice Harris... Yeah, eight targets last week. Um, turned him into about 43 yards, I think. Um, and now this week, Doxon, Crowder, and Richardson are all looking doubtful. Hmm. So, and, and I think if you look at his height, Maurice Harris, he's 6'3". Huge, huge frame, which Alex Smith needs right now because he's missing targets. <laughs> yeah. For the first um, time, he looks a little inaccurate. It's kind of weird. And somebody has to catch the ball in this game, too, for Washington. So I think, and well, Jordan Reed's my number one play. Um, but I think Maurice Harris is worth a flyer if you're hurting. I like Ryan. I like Ryan Grant wide receiver three, but I like Maurice Harris if you need somebody. Simply, it's a desperation yeah. flex play. Yeah, I'll give you both of those names. Yeah. Okay. Especially even with like Thompson being questionable after that big hit late in that game as well. Did you like the Adrian Peterson creeper call last week? <laughs> I was not ready, but. You completely got phased out of that game in two yeah. seconds. Crazy. The Saints are no joke against the Rush D this year. It looks that way. But, uh, all right, you get, you said wide receiver. Let's get quarterback out of the way because quarterback is just kind of a drag to talk about this season because it's like even on a horrible day for quarterbacks, you're getting 15 points out of whoever you're starting. I feel like you're running 15 deep. at You can play as a QB1 any given week. Yeah. It's so crazy. So we'll just talk about them in, until the – and the, I think it's just how the league's catering to him is the big difference this year. And that literally you could play anybody. And you can't knock anyone out of a rhythm. No. And so, all the defensive pass interference penalties, and so everyone just looks so good. So when we say creeper, I think we both say creeper, you know. It's, <laughs> quarterback's kind of not fun to talk about right now. So let's, it's hard. Let's talk about him. Who's your keeper? My keeper this week is just Brady. Okay. Like Versus Kansas City at home, yeah. Yeah. It, I, with Edelman's return, their offense looked completely rejuvenated. I didn't expect them to look that much better mm-hmm. last week. Uh, they're playing against Kansas City. 
he's getting everybody involved. Kansas City can't really cover anybody, and I think it's just going to turn into a shootout. So yeah. I, I don't know how Brady doesn't have a good game. Like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see 500 yards and four touchdowns this week. Yeah, I, I, I play Brady in a heartbeat, and I think everybody is. That's a huge matchup for Tom Brady. I actually don't like it as much for Patrick Mahomes again, hmm. but I'm not saying he's a creeper by any means. You definitely yeah. want to keep him in that game. It'll be hard to bench him. <clears throat> for sure. I mean, even last week when he was a creeper, yeah, I guess on his standard he was a creeper, but he still probably got 14 to 18 points just... Whatever I mean, it looks like that's his floor. It looks like that's insane. <laughs> Brathard's floor in San Francisco. It's like that is this league that we're in now. So yeah, it's whatever. True. Everybody's a good quarterback. Now all those high draft picks doesn't matter anymore because they're so protected that you know third round quarterbacks can come into league and produce. Anyway, it's kind of weird. Yeah, Matt Ryan um, against Tampa Bay at home. We've already knocked on Julio Jones. Matt Ryan is currently QB2 on the season right now, fantasy-wise. After the horrible first game, where he looked noodle-arm Ryan to me. A lot of reports came out saying he's done. Like, he was always overrated, and here he comes shutting up everybody immediately. He must have got a huge workout in after that first game. Because <laughs> he's a comeback firing. And he loves Calvin Ridley. He and really when I does. said Calvin Ridley looks you know, like how the Roddy White Julio Jones transfer looked like, this looks like Atlanta did it again, and I'm telling you, sticking to it, that Calvin Ridley looks like this, you know, usurper to Julio Jones. Uh, not this season, and not next season, maybe, but that's the transition. I think Calvin Ridley is the, the real deal down there. He looks legit. And, I mean, you don't see receivers produce as rookies this well, this quickly, mm-hmm. and have this these sorts of ceiling sort of games. Yeah, I, I was blown away. If there's a rookie receiver to own, that's the dude. Yeah. In Dynasty Leagues, I don't know how you could be more excited about the way he looks. Right. Anyone in a keeper league, try to get your hands on him. <laughs> you won't regret it. Definitely. Let's move down the list then. Sleeper for quarterback. Who do you got? See, I'm, I'm the same boat. I would just like to echo what you were talking about even a little more. It's just, it's so hard to pick, like, sleepers because streaming matchups, even down to, like, the 15th best quarterback, all look pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. So... But I'm going Andy Dalton. I think he's a little underrated. Like, I think he's at, like, 10-ish. But to me, he could probably end up at, like, 7 pretty easily, 5 even. I mean, it's Pittsburgh's week past D. I think it's going to – both offenses need to play well to win the game. I think the Bengals probably will squeak this out. But, I mean, I don't think it's a home run at all. I I don't know. Pittsburgh's D's given up to over 292 – or 292-ish yards a game – so I, I just think he's a good play this week, especially I, with Boyd and AJ playing so well. I have him in the same category. I think AJ Dalton's a good sleeper. I think classify him as sleeper. I think it's a good pick. I'm going to go with uh, Baker Mayfield then as my sleeper. Um, 40 pass attempts in the last two games. Um, he's picking up some scrambling points. Then he had 23 rushing yards last game, and he's at home against LA. I think that game has a mm. sh- script to, to be a shootout. Although I think the Browns' defense is actually one of the better in the NFL, believe it or not. But uh, Phillip Rivers, if you look at him, he's just been so good this season. Um, and that whole offense has just been efficient. So even against the, the Browns' tight D, I think Phil, the Chargers put up enough points to keep that game kind of high scoring. And I think Mayfield goes out there and duels with Phillip Rivers, and I think it's a quarterback game. And that's an interesting team with Cleveland. Like, I can't make up my mind if I like their defense or not. They've had some really good games, some really bad games. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm still yet to be seen. But they are a little underrated, I would I would agree. I think they have the ability to play pretty decently. 
as evidenced by a couple other games against like Pittsburgh and New Orleans. They're just young, so I like their defense better at home than on the road. I think that's a big difference for them. And I haven't looked at the splits on that, but I haven't either. I I just think they're a young team altogether. And like I said, I I think it's a good time to be a Browns fan. Yeah. Uh, it does look fun. Yeah, I think they, <laughs> they turned the corner. Good young team. They finally hit the reset button, got rid of all the old baggage. Even you could argue Josh Gordon. I mean, but I with all these new like rules reset. and the way they're protecting the quarterback, geez, they could have found their quarterback a hundred years ago. Tim Couch probably because <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, just every they're so protected. Like Tim Couch got killed. Yeah, he did. you know, he like died. those quarterbacks that the Browns are drafting over the years were getting killed because their line sucked. But now you can't kill a quarterback anymore. So who knows? They could have panned out twenty quarterbacks ago, based on the new rules. Maybe I mean some of them. Some of them are hot garbage. Brady oof. Quinn didn't stand a chance. Yeah. But if we go back to like Colt McCoy, if you just would have had a Colt McCoy in, you'd been, been okay. He wouldn't he, have been. He could have played. Yeah. He could have started. Maybe he could get into the ceiling of like. Andy he would have gave you probably what Sam Darnold's given this season. Yeah. Yeah. But. But that That's we digress again. Yeah. We're off on the a little tangent. It's just a different league. It is so just very different. You just gotta embrace the change because that's what they're going for: keeping quarterbacks healthy and keeping games high scoring. Yeah. So, so with that being said, creeper. I mean, it's hard to find somebody. I'm not. I'm really scared of playing anymore. But who do you got? <laughs> I think the only one I can come up with that I thought was a little overvalued or like a notably overvalued might be, as much as it pains me to say, Deshaun Watson. Like, I look at Deshaun Watson this week, and I was looking at the Buffalo defense primarily. And surprisingly, over the last three weeks, after their first two games where they got obliterated, they've actually been playing better. Like, they had a great game against Cousins. He had only 11 fantasy points because of three fumbles that they forced on him and interceptions. They were all over him. Uh, Rodgers, with only 16 fantasy points, which for Rodgers, that's pretty dang good in this NFL. Uh, and then Mariota had a whopping six last week, mm-hmm. so they're really right. They're gaining more momentum, and I understand Mariota's not quite on the same tier as Cousins and Rogers. But if that's what you're giving up to Cousins and Rogers, and you got Mariota here, Watson has been throwing a lot, and so if they can create some of those turnovers that they have been in all three of those games, plus the fact that Watson has nicked up injuries to. Cootie, the new up and coming Kiki Cootie, their up and coming receiver Fuller and Hopkins, they're all at least on the injury report right now. Yeah, I imagine most of them will play. If and not how many points do you need to beat Buffalo? You know, that's also that's a very fair point because their offense is really where they're just horrendous. Poor Buffalo, but so I'm thinking Watson based on the way a lot of the things are being scripted out for him, I just think he might have one of the lower ceilings this week of quarterbacks. I, I mean, he's put up, like many quarterbacks, a lot of 20-point games, but who hasn't really this season? Yeah. Um, but there's just no point to kill Buffalo that bad. Like, shame on the teams that have lost to Buffalo this year, <laughs> Tennessee being one. And I'm glad Tennessee did. And we'll talk about them when we talk about the running backs because you know who I'm going to talk about, Derrick Henry. Yo, man. I, <laughs> I don't know what Vrabel was thinking last week. But that offense, like, Josh Allen looks so inaccurate. Yes. Which is what we kind of expected, I think, even what we were talking about preseason. Plus, he's probably trying to figure out who he's throwing the ball to. So maybe that tads the inaccuracy. It's hard to be accurate when you're trying to throw at nothing. But literally ghosts. Yeah. yeah. But but anyways, like you should not lose that team. I don't know how they put that many points up against Minnesota. That Zimmer defense is not a Zimmer defense right now. He needs to get those troops together. 
of all the crazy things that have happened this year, that might be my my most crazy yeah. stat is that Minnesota's defense is not good. Mm-hmm. It might even be bad. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. But shame on Tennessee last week because there's no reason they should. Their defense did exactly what they should have done against Buffalo, and it just their offensive game plan was dumb, and they just stuck with it. But anyways, we'll we'll talk about that with the running backs. I'm gonna go. Just cause when in doubt, pick Big Ben on the road. <laughs> He's my yeah. you know. Okay. Usually those game matchups where Big Ben is like, oh yeah, that's going to be a shootout. He's going to put up a lot of points, and then he's on the road, and you say that. He also puts up a lot of picks, so it's going to negate his points. I just think that Cincinnati keeps the turnover game going. I've already said that I think they're going to win this game. And you watch Tannehill, who's played great quarterback this season. Overall, yeah. Came into Cincinnati, and it just – they did well, um, and got some turnovers from him. And Big Ben has been a lot more loose with the ball than Tannehill this season. And I think you see Cincinnati stay positive in the turnover mark and get some turnovers from him. Um, I definitely don't expect a huge game from, game from Connor again uh, yeah. that he put up against Atlanta. I, I picked it, him as my sleeper last week, you know, and this week it's just he's not. The situation's a little different. It's a little bit different. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot more Big Ben. I think you see Antonio Brown upset because this long <laughs> rivalry is going to look like the Bengals have it. That's my that's my prediction Ooh, this week. I like so, it. But then again, Big Ben, even with the turnovers, probably get just sixteen points. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think play whoever. It, it's a little a little tough. I wouldn't play Flacco. There you go. <laughs> that's one guy. I wouldn't play him. Maybe this. not Darnold with his 45% yeah. completion percentage last week. Yeah, kind but all the, the top 20 quarterbacks, go for it. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all there. All right, sir. Tight end running back. Where are we going next? I kind of like running back. I think it's about time. Let's do it. I want to start with sleepers, though. What is your sleeper running back for this week? Well, we talked about my sleepers last week, and I went with Derrick Henry. I went with... Um, I just said his name, Connor. Connor yeah. I think I was right both ways. Because you look at the efficiency Derrick Henry had, 11 carries, a decent enough sample size to say, was he doing well that game? Was he not? 5.2 yards per carry. For the bruiser. He was moving the ball every time. Like, I, I can't watch the game because for some reason Tennessee is never on the market, but I have to watch Dallas play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Drives me nuts. I hate it. Like, I don't care about Dallas. Like, they're so mediocre, it's not even funny. Yes. And and they're not exciting. And then little Zeke comes out with his belly button. and <laughs> But I was watching the gameplay on, you know, play-by-play, and there was not even a loss. Like, it just seemed like Derrick Henry got the ball, and, you know, three-yard carry, nothing spectacular. And then he busts out, like, 14, then eight, and then, you know, three, two, or something like that. But always moving the ball. And I hated to see him. Tennessee, it was a, such a close game. It was the whole time. Why they didn't feed him for one drive and just let him move the ball down? And he could have won the game on field goals. You average like 5.2 yards per carry. You give him 10 more carries, 50 more yards pretty much. And that's a whole nother. 12 carries went to Deion Lewis. Averaged 3.2 yards per carry around there, I believe, and fumbled the ball. So hopefully they look at the game script and say, when it comes to being a consistently good team, what is our offense got to revolve around? Is it Mariota, who's never proven himself, you know? And, you know, Corey Davis looks legit, but the other wide receivers there, who Taiwan Taylor, I do like for the rest of the season still, but Corey Davis is the only one not dropping the ball, it seems. Um, 
I don't trust Mariota as a passer. He had that one hot streak two years ago at the end of the season where I was like, oh, okay, he looks legit. Yeah. Deion Lewis is 5'8", and he's slower than Derrick Henry. (laughs) That blows my mind on a 40-yard time. So, he's a good compliment. I I give him that. He has a a variety of skills. He is a very good compliment. But Tennessee, you have a great defense, and you have a six foot three running back who is every time you've given him ample opportunity with that healthy line, has put up a hundred yard game consistently. Like when Demarco Murray was out, and you watched Derrick Henry get the ball, just torches people. Why they don't realize that? Look, we need to control time possession, and then let our healthy, our our fresh defense get the ball back to us, and just run time of possession, especially in a Buffalo script. I don't need to be an NFL coach, like, uh, very inexperienced. I know fantasy way more than real NFL. But you look at the script of that game, how am I going into Buffalo, who really isn't that good against the run, in, in mm-hmm. winning that game? I'm going to let my defense stay fresh. I'm going to control time possession. I'm going to give Derrick Henry at least 20 carries. 12 carries to Deion Lewis is garbage. But hopefully they see that after this game. And that's my rant, that Derrick Henry has to be your focal point in Tennessee. Do you disagree? Should he, should he be? Yeah. Yes. Right. I think because you have to be a run-first team, Derrick Henry is, in my opinion, underachieving so far this year, and I think there are brighter pastures ahead of him, but they seem to like Deion Lewis too much, is, is what I'm, I agree with but you. But after for. a yard difference in yard per carry and a fumble... After you gotta week. come off the throne somehow. I agree, and with the way that Mariota, I think, gave them a little bit of hope the previous week, where it's like, ooh, his hands numb, and he's completing these deep passes down the field to Corey Davis. I think they probably were like, let's try to keep a balanced attack here. But to be honest, I think they just need to pound Derrick Henry, wear down the, the the defense. He'll get more efficient as the game goes along, and then if you want to put Deion Lewis in, whenever you've given him two carries in a row after you warm down. He's a compliment. That's I, all he ever was. Even in New England. And what New did England I say in the offseason? He is literally like... Did Shane Vereen come from New England? Yes. He sure did. He seemed like a player. Like, New England... They should send thank you letters to New England because New England gets <laughs> these running backs paid. Yeah. Deion Lewis is reincarnate Shane Vereen, who is reincarnate Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Like, <laughs> we're not really good. <laughs> but New England makes us look good. They have individual skills that are of the highest level. Mm-hmm. Like, Dion's is versatility. Like, he can do a little bit of everything fairly well. But Drivers Green Ellis never fumbled the football, ever. Ball control, slow grinder, but would never break you a long run. And they all can catch decently. And they and all can catch and block. Yeah. And, then they, and then New England's like, no, we're not going to pay that much money because we made you good. And then, and then like Deion Lewis even said, New England didn't want me. Yeah, they didn't want you for that money because James White's better than you all around. <laughs> yeah, they're the same dude. Yeah. Only Except James White's fi- faster. Faster and a better pass catcher, but a worse runner between the tackles. But it's better to have a role player that's really good at two roles and play them in those roles and they'll be more successful than trying to be like, hey, Deion Lewis, be our feature back half the time and then we'll have... Half the time, be Derrick Henry. Yeah. So, on the offseason, I think it's a good move bringing in Deion Lewis to compliment Derrick Henry. But hopefully going forward, they see Derrick Henry's the boss. I mean, when he's got that line healthy, his games are incredible. So, if you can get him on a low and hope for a season looking up after that game, I hope so. But is Vrabel a coach because he's an ex-player? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And do you see him coaching very long? I don't know. I don't really been able to watch a Tennessee game because it's all been Dallas. Yeah. But it just seems the old ex-player NFL coach is just a, 
a fad that doesn't really work out all the time. But anyways, yeah. I'm happy with my sleepers last week. My sleeper this week would have been Corey Clement, but they're playing downstairs right now. So I can't just give you that and feel good about it. Um, I did like Corey Clement more than Smallwood, mm-hmm. which I do think we have one of our extra foresights about that. Um, but Alfred Morris this week, because I don't think Breida plays. And if he doesn't play, I don't know if Goodwin plays. Kittle's looking banged up. <laughs> like everybody's here. Yeah. Um, Alfred Morris, he's going to get tons of volume. Um, and the script says for tons of volume against this Green Bay matchup. Because Morris has been catching the ball too this season. Uh, and Green Bay's given up 4.2 yards per carry and 105 rushing yards per game to opposing defenses. So, I mean, of course, I don't think Alfred Morris translates and hits that mark. But does he get a touchdown because nobody else can score? Probably. And does he get close to 3.9 yards per carry and maybe 60 yards? Yeah. So if he gives you 12-something, he's available in a lot of leagues right now. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a good sleeper. I like it too. I agree. And I have an injury thing being pretty much my main talk as well. This is going to sound a little weird, <laughs> so brace yourselves. I like Bilal Powell this week. And, okay. and you may be asking the question... I don't. Why is Isaiah Crowell not your sleeper this week? To which I would just, just say, I don't know what that was. That yeah. was an absolutely insane game from Crowell. Well played. You had me completely fooled. I had him on a couple of rosters, didn't play him. Had he Not even gave him the, the thought to play him. Mm-hmm. Partially that's because he had a really horrible matchup against Jacksonville mm-hmm. and played... As badly as you could have played, but my expectations were low. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. But Bilal Powell had 20 carries last week. Little mm-hmm. did anybody probably know, unless you actually looked at the box score or owned Bilal Powell. That was more than what Isaiah Crowell had. Yeah. And so Crowell's banged up again this week after the huge game. I don't even know. It doesn't even look like he's going to play this week as of uh, Thursday with the injury reports and him practicing and things. He might practice and play. Even if he plays, though, I think I like Powell better than Crowell this particular week. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity. They're playing Indy, not a great run defense, and he averaged 4.5 yards a carry so far on the whole year and was over five last week for Powell. So I can't disagree with you. I, I think when we have our own conversations, we both agree a lot, and that's why we do this podcast together is that we agree on the takes. And the Powell situation has me feeling like I'm in the twilight zone. <laughs> Last year, we were both looking at each other like, yes. and, and that's funny how people that say they know a lot about football and do fantasy football I play with are like, oh man, Powell is where it's at. Last season, right? Like, it was creeping up to the fifth round because, of drafts. You know, because they hear from one or two quote unquote experts that Powell's where it's at, man. He's fourth, third round material, fifth round at worst. And all these people are drafting him and are like, why? Like, he had like four great games to end the previous season. Yeah, but. And you were like, okay. But there's still but backfield there's, competition. Yeah. You're not on a great offense. Yeah. Your opportunities he, are pretty minimal. Frank Gore's still here soaking up things. Mm-hmm. And then this season, this it, the, it's all Pal really. You know, I, they say it's a split feature, but Pal has been the consistent play. Seven plus points pretty much every single week, which is better than most running backs that are giving you that you're taking RB1 sadly this year. Yeah. Um, but he's unowned. Like, this is the I year think. that you would want him for where you were drafting him last year, and now he's just sitting around. Like, people are picking him right. up off the free agency wire. Like, and, I've never been a, pal- a Powell lover up until maybe, like, this last week, pretty much. I mean, the, their matchups have been difficult most of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have drafted him high based on his mm-hmm. average career. And 
But for him to go unowned is a crime yeah. in your leagues. I think he absolutely needs to be owned. He's probably a flex play the rest of the year because I, I think so. Darnold isn't going to be able to throw the ball. I like him more than Chris Thompson for the season. And I, as much as I would have probably disagreed with you preseason, it's hard for me to make up a clear, concise argument. Like I might like Thompson because his upside's higher, in my opinion. But Powell is, looks like a more steady producer, and that his numbers like aren't lying about it all no. year. I don't know. Just because people aren't talking about him, people aren't taking him. But he's the same person that everybody was drafted in third to fifth round last season. Correct. And this season he's getting his opportunity. So, I don't know. Whatever people are doing. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Creeper, who do you got? Because I'll go the other way. <laughs> I'm going with Dalvin Cook. Um, I, really? I know we've been talking about him a little bit here and there. This is an exceptionally soft matchup for him <laughs> against Arizona, which makes my, my gut reaction when I was looking into him was actually saying, yes, play him. This is the week. Tell me. But to be honest with the hamstring injury and his style of play, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's a trap game. I personally wouldn't be looking to play Cook. I love Cook. Don't get me wrong. In leagues, own him. Try to trade for him. I think that this is the lowest you're probably ever going to see his stock ever going forward. I love him a lot. But... I, w- I don't want him in my starting lineup until he proves that he can actually look healthy on the field. I think this game he shows you he can look healthy, but I don't think he gives you the stat line he should. You know, I think three weeks from now, if he got to replay this game, you would just destroy it. Probably. But I think this game you look at him and you're like, well, he's healthy enough. and But I don't think he's going to give you the numbers that you want. So I agree. I can see what you're saying. You know, But I think he starts trending up Yeah. after this. I do too. I think I love him. Like, I liked him a lot coming into the season. I thought he was in a... I think he's still in an unbelievable situation. Like, that passing game with Diggs and Thielen there with a Rudolph who's been really productive, silently productive most of the season, he has all the opportunity in the world because he's never going to get keyed on. But he just has to get healthy, and he yeah. just hasn't been really most of the year. But I have two. I have Jacksonville running backs. <laughs> really? It's Creepers. Yeah, it's Creepers Ooh, this week against okay. Dallas. Okay. I just don't think that's going to be a very high-scoring game. We already talked. I've mentioned how I think Dallas is just kind of boring, mediocre. Uh, now you throw in Jacksonville, who Yeldon has looked okay, but uh, it's a committee, and now they bring in Jamal Charles. I just really don't want any part of any of that against yeah. Dallas. Dallas has given up three-point yards per carry. That's pretty, pretty dang good. Their defense is very underrated yeah. so far this season. So I just I don't think there's a safe one to play there. I wouldn't feel good about it. And also give you LaShawn McCoy, who had a decent game fantasy-wise, but he still wasn't efficient. If you look at his stats, he still was very mediocre. And now they're going up against Houston, who gives a 3.4 yards per carry. I think he disappoints again, kind of disappears like he did early on the season. Interesting. Um, so I, I would be looking elsewhere if I was playing any of those people. I would play Alfred Morris over any of those people. See, the, ooh, that's, that's a really good argument. For me, I agree with you on McCoy. I, I don't really like him much. I think he's ending up about looking the way I expected him to most of this season. But And I like Alfred Morris a lot, too. He's criminally under-owned. Like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. With Brita's in, injury history that's been happening. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that was dra- moving up draft boards in a lot of leagues, but a lot of people cut ties when Brita was playing very well. I think, that, I think it's a little too early to completely depart. He reminds me so much of Bell Powell from when the drafts were happening. It's like, ooh, opportunity, he's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I don't think he's that, but he's a very reliable flex play. And I think this week he should have a good week. But personally, I actually think Yeldon's going to have a great week. Really? I think Jamal Charles is a huge trap. Just don't. Like, yeah, we, yeah, I agree with that. We, we saw what that was last time. 
he's he just doesn't have the quickness. His injury history as well. He's learning a new offense this week. This week, heck no. But I think Yeldon, I've actually been really surprised with how good he's played in his opportunities. And as long as they keep him involved in the pass game, which I imagine they will, especially with Grant going on IR as well, to me, there's no way he's not going to be heavily utilized in that offense. So I like Yeldon a lot this week. But I'm with you on the other. I think he's going to be heavily utilized. But if they couldn't get more points put up on Kansas City, Dallas is just a tougher matchup, tougher game script for him. It is. I think he's going to have most of his production <coughs> through receiving, not necessarily through rushing. So I think we might see a bit of a <laughs> repeated script of 50-plus uh, pass attempts for Blake Bortles this week. But I, I think Yeldon will be pretty heavily involved. I like him. We'll see. We'll see. Keeper-wise, who do you got? Keeper? Um, I'm going Kareem Hunt this week. Really? I, I really like him. I, I think... So far this year, he's or he's going up against New England's defense, which is twenty first against the run in rushing yards per game. I mean that's it's not horrendous. It's not Detroit. So I, my expectations aren't that he's going to steamroll New England, but he's rated at somewhere around like the seventh best running back right now. I don't know how his floor could look any more appealing to me though. His floor is sixteen carries. He's received sixteen rushing yard carries or rushing carry attempts in every game, at least this year. So his consistent usage in this great offense, it's going to be a shootout. I think he's probably going to at least have 12 carries as the absolute floor in this matchup. But I think it could be more, depending on how the game goes, because I think he's just going to run pretty effectively when given the chance, because they just can't key on him. So to me, I look at him as like a top five running back this week. I think he's just the one of the safest ones you can play this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you at all. There's no way I don't think he's an RB1. I just said really because I think easily the easiest keeper, and this is just even this is cheating, is <laughs> Todd Gurley this week. He's so good. Denver man. giving up 140 yards on the ground rushing alone to running backs. Um, well, you got Todd Gurley coming in. Love him. But that's an easy call. Like Nobody in the world better not play. Todd Gurley, they own him, or just quit. Do you and, think you're pl- paying the money for him in a single game league? Um, you know, it depends who's the cheaper plays, I guess. I probably would. I I, I don't know how cheap Alfred Morris is right now, um, but I do like Ryan Grant, and he has to be somewhat cheap, I would assume. I, I haven't looked at the lineups yet I for Sunday games. Expensive. Um, into Monday, so. You know, it I, it depends. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think he's going to have a pretty dang good game, but he is going to be expensive. So it just depends on okay. who's the cheap running backs, who's the cheap wide receivers that we're talking about. Yeah. But Marshawn Lynch is the one that I want to keep in your lineup after having a dud week last week. Uh, it's going to be a favorable game, game script. Last week was not, and that's why you see him got phased out, period. But Seattle has given up 129 yards per game to running backs on the ground alone. And uh, Marshawn Lynch has been pa- catching the ball pretty well, too. And 4.7 yards per carry. Dude. <laughs> Seattle is... Uh, Seattle didn't surprise me two weeks ago. I kind of saw that game coming. Last week, when they put up all that many points against L.A. and kind of had a slight shootout, I don't see that happening very often. Seattle is not that good of an offense. I completely agree. The, they're fluky. I do think this is a favorable matchup for that running back committee, which I think is a joke still. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I mean, this week I'm not going to tell you not to play those guys, but yeah. 
I still think it's hilarious. Chris Carson, Mike Davis, running back committee in Seattle. No thanks. I don't want any Not part of that. Not even Rashad Penny, which is, I think, hilarious coming into this year. Yeah, yeah. There's no thanks for Seattle. But um, I think Oakland gets maybe another win this week, second win. And I think Marshawn Lynch has himself a day against Seattle <laughs> in Oakland. I think he just runs all over him. He is back into his uh, old stomping grounds. He looks, and he looks so fresh this season. I can't get over it. I don't know if I mentioned him as anything last week. I shouldn't have. Just his game script. Because um, Oakland is just not there yet. But yeah, the team looks pretty rough. But, yeah. Anyways, Marshawn Lynch against his old team. I just think it's going to be a, a truck. Just a truck truck trucking <laughs> that's all it's gonna be one semi truck driving down the freeway uh, all right our last category the old tight ends yeah let's do it i think go ahead and say your keeper because i think i'm gonna choose the keeper that's playing across him on the field it's just my gut <laughs> i think you're probably right okay who's your keeper my keeper is travis Kelsey. all right i got wrong <laughs> <laughs> i think they're to me they're both by far the number one and two tight ends and i think they're in a tier by themselves yeah. this week yeah, like the game script. If we're talking about the flow of that game, I don't know how they're both of them aren't going to have at least eight targets, mm-hmm. four of which are probably going to be in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're just money. I don't yeah. know if there's much else to be said, but I just know that New England is twenty uh, eighth against tight ends in fantasy scoring so far this year. So and Kelsey's been pretty much money. And Kansas every City's week not very good either. So I mean, you're playing either or none of those, but I think they're they're money this week. Yeah, they're, they're just sky's the limit for them as well. Okay, cool. Let's move down to Sleeper. Who you got sleeping? I kind of like this Sleeper this week. I'm, I've seen a lot from Njoku, surprisingly, hey, over the last yeah, couple weeks. Believe it or not, I got him here too. It, 11 targets for 69 yards last week. 7 targets for 52 yards the week before. I've already said it, yeah. It, Baker Mayfield looks like he likes him, and it doesn't seem like he's dropping the ball as much as what he was in preseason. So. You know, sadly, as talented as Callaway is, he's made Najoku look like an amazing catching tight end. Callaway is just open all the time, it seems, and just cannot get these catches. Breaks my heart. It does. No, like I said, I, I think Najoku trends up. I think Landry trends up, as we talked about earlier on in podcasts. I know we've mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, I can't disagree with you. I think Njoku's a sleeper. Um, and, you know, and I hate to go with this, because I think you can get all Njoku and I play him way over um, Hooper, who I have. But, gosh, against Tampa Bay, that's just such a good matchup. Yeah, it Especially is. Especially if Sanu looking a little bit hurt. Um, but there's just going to be so many points put up. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see like one of every offensive notable fantasy player for Atlanta ranging from like Freeman walking out for one play before he gets like retweaking an injury, he gets a touchdown, Tevin Coleman runs for a touchdown. He's looking doubtful right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's gonna play, but I know that I don't think he's still questions. I think Tampa Bay is now just a joke. Yeah. I think everyone's just money as well. Yeah. But I'm not too... Hooper can also be, you know, just disappear even in a shootout, just with those weapons. Yeah. So I'm not feeling too too high about him. I think Joku's the one that you could find in a league, and I think that game script's favorable. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, I think that may could be his favorite target, honestly. It kind of looks that way, because I expected Landry to be more targeted, or more heavily targeted this year. It's not that he's not being utilized, but Joku, mm-hmm. highly involved. But guess who's back this week? <laughs> who's back? Greg Olson. Oh, yeah, he is. So, he's my creeper. Because 
Well, he exists. He's my creeper. Sorry. Everybody's, you know, jumping back on him. One of the highest drafted tight ends. One of the best ranked projected on the offseason. I've been saying it this whole time. That's fine. Jason Witten in the podcast booth. (laughs) It was also a tight end. So he's still available in your league. Go ahead. No love for Mr. Olsen. (laughs) I just, I do. He's been around for a long time. He's, He's been good for a while. But it's... End no of, thanks. End of an era? Yeah. I mean, you see something I don't. I've already said the Jones fracture. I was right on that. And mm-hmm. now he's back. I think he's on a pitch count this week. I just don't, don't play him, I just don't think. I'm not in love, but with the shoddiness of the tight end position... Maybe he gets a touchdown. You're right. I, I think he's probably a little overrated like for his projections and the way he's being viewed. I think he still might be a tight end one, only out of the fact that, like, Ebron might not play, Kittle might not play. Ingram's out. In- Ingram's out. You got Doyle who can't play. Mm-hmm. Like, Five weeks chiming in. Eifert's been hurt. Like, there's just a lot missing. So, do I love Olsen going forward this season? No. I'm talking about this this week, too. He may be streamable, tight end one, but I think I'd pick Cooper over he's, him this week. I would, too. And he, and he's I think he's overrated, but I, I don't know. I, I don't love Olsen, but I can't say don't at all because I know Cam Newton does like him, and they might only put him in for red zone stuff, so maybe he gets a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way he gets over 60 yards. No. But maybe a touchdown. Yeah, maybe sneak in a touchdown. I don't know. Who cares? All right. My creeper for tight ends, I honestly don't even have one. And I think most of it is basically based on the damage that is to the tight ends. I feel like there's tight end ones, and then there's tight end twos. And most of the tight end twos, no one has ever heard of or has any interest in playing them. Yeah. There's a couple of sleepers maybe that you can like look at that might be moving farther up closer to this area. Like I was looking at like Uzama or something, maybe as like a deep sleeper sort of guy that's into this. But I don't think anyone's really looking to put Uzama into their lineups and me to tell you don't. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have any creepers. But the only one that I might say is maybe like one rank too high for me is Jordan Reed. If I was forced to pick really? a creeper. Even after I told you all those wide receivers are out. Yes. Oh, man. But I think Jordan Reed has... The, the only thing I can see is that Alex Smith looked completely lost last week. He and did. he was getting pressured, and it, his decision-making was not nearly as stable as it always has been for years and years and years. And so I, I know Alex Smith is still Alex Smith, mm-hmm. but Jordan Reed had, like, what, 13 yards or something last game? One catch for 21 yards out of two targets. Okay. In a game where they were absolutely blown out. It, but the biggest blown out thing you can look at is the time of possession. Didn't even have time to give him the ball. Like, literally the whole fourth quarter, the Saints had the ball. And it was like three and out, and then give him back to it. And so, with all the receiver injuries, I don't... I, I could... Like, like I said, I, I'm not like looking at Jordan Reed as a, don't do it! I think he's a fine tight end play this week. He's maybe one of the better ones you can get. It's just... Maybe he's a little worse than Ninjoku this week in my book. So I think he's a little overrated based on the way that the 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 way the script looks for Washington's offense being much worse than I thought it was going to be this year. Like I had Alex Smith as my backup quarterback in two leagues. I thought Jameson Crowder would break out or Doxson. 
And then I was like, Jordan Reed coming back healthy. I liked him. I thought Chris Thompson was the man in this team that was going to be utilized out of the backfield a ton. And Alex Smith was going to have a lot of success throwing to him. And that whole thing is pretty much falling apart. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Because Reed's okay. This week you see him click. I'm helping you out. Trey Burton is the one that's up a little bit too high this week. Okay. Okay. He's not had over four catches in a game. Yes. Um, Freaking Trubisky had the biggest illusion <laughs> effect ever. <laughs> Do people say he's panned out now and looks legitimate? Just, Legit, people are talking that yeah. way. Did you watch the other games he played this season? <laughs> Every other one. Every other game besides against Tampa Bay. Which like, is the horrendous defense. That is just how... And that's like the first game that was like a, you know, primetime TV, everybody's watching it. That's so mm. stupid. It is so dumb. Um, no, Trubisky isn't that good. And, uh, and Trey Burton isn't that efficient. I don't see him getting those touchdowns that he had. He had, like, four catches for two touchdowns last week. Um, outside of that, he's been pretty non-existent. And up against Miami, I think they got a sneaky good defense, you know? Again, we talked about the past defense. They give up yards, but they get turnovers. And they even surprised me when I watched them play the Bengals. They get turnovers. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fluky thing. It's just that's what they do on defense. And... I think they give Trey. I think they give Trubisky a fit. Not saying Trey Burton's bad. I just don't think Trubisky's that good. I agree completely. Um, yeah. So that being said, I'll transition right into defensive plays for the week because uh, we're done with tight ends. And do you want to say something else about tight ends? Nope, I'm all done. That's kind of tough to talk about tight ends. It's so thin that there's. It's hard to really judge talent. Like yeah. I had all these narratives in my head for like Eibert. He's going to probably be healthy two more weeks. And I was going to be like, play him for two more weeks and then just get your re- replacement ready. But he gets hurt like that. Yeah, because he may have played the whole season. I thought back injury would, what would be what would haunt him for sure after the back surgeries. No, That's... just obliterated ankle. Like, horrendous ankle injury. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't ready for that. Well, I'll go ahead and roll into it then. Like I said, defense, I just got done talking about it. Everybody's, wow, six touchdowns and a half, Trubisky. I think Miami is a sneaky good play. Um, I think Chicago quickly remembers that Jordan Howard, who if you can still buy low, buy low on him. He is like Derrick Henry to Tennessee in that deal. <laughs> yeah. Tennessee and Chicago are like nearer teams. Of course, Tennessee isn't as near as good as Chicago, I don't think. Especially on the defensive end. But they're like the same thing, kind of. Tennessee should revolve around Derrick Henry. Chicago needs to revolve around Jordan Howard if they want to consistently stay in games because both of their keys is to let their defensive play this yeah. season so far and to control time of possession. And I think you see Jordan Howard come back on top to, for moving the ball because Trubisky is not as good as he looked against Tampa Bay. I've watched him in two games this season before that. No thanks. I think Miami gives them fits in Miami. Um, I don't like him on the road. And then Dallas versus Jacksonville. I, I do like Dallas in that game. You talked about Yeldon, but Yeldon doesn't play good, and I just don't like him. I agree. I like Dallas this week as well. I actually picked him up in one of my leagues as well. But I think the D that I, I think is going to go with a little sneaky play here. Do it. I think a streaming defense, I'm actually going to go with the, the team that burned me so bad earlier on in the season, Minnesota. I think Minnesota against this particular Arizona team. Yeah, that's a good play. I, I think that their floor is just very high. I think this is the week that Minnesota defense starts to look more like Minnesota defense. No, I agree. I don't think they are, but they were the defense I thought they were. But I think they'll be pretty good this week. Got some kickers? Uh, I kind of like... I'll give you a streamable kicker who is the best kicker this week. Okay. Fairbane. 
for Houston against Buffalo. Okay. There you go. Nice. And and Bullock against Pittsburgh is another good play too. But Fairbank. He's gonna get you some points. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't really have any kickers that really stood out a lot. I think if I was going to probably choose one, maybe Gano this week. As Did you like me calling that sleeper last week when you got the 63-yard <laughs> field goal? Yes, to have win the day. day. Have yourself a day. But um, I don't think my other sleeper is near as good. I can't even think who he was. But he was a kicker. He was sure as heck. He was kicking kicker. somewhere. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, we'll be right back with the second bit of our podcast. And we're off. We're right back at it. Um, so we hope he gave you some good intel, not too late. Most of that didn't revolve around this game that's going on right now. However, mm-hmm. I was excited to see. Check my stats, and Corey Clement scored me a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, that may have cheated a little bit, actually. But it's all right. We only had one foresight that had to do with this game. Yes, only one. Only one. Um, studs and duds, baby. Let's talk about some waiver pickups that uh, should have processed yesterday. Did you do well? Did you do bad? Did you miss out? Who's some studs you got? Go down your list. Uh, one of them actually has to do with this game, so I apologize. But Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, going forward even, I think are both good claims. Mostly because... The main reason why I liked Philadelphia running back so much was just the fact the O-line is so good. Yeah. And that's not changed. No. So I like Wendell Smallwood and Clement. I think I like Clement slightly more, even if I didn't know about the touchdown he got tonight. Mm-hmm. But I think Wendell Smallwood has great efficiency whenever he's been used in the passing game and the running game. So to me, it can go either way in this in this one. I think Clement will probably be, get more carries, but Wendell Smallwood will be, will be more efficient. So I think I'm leaning toward Clement because he'll probably get goal line work, I think, a little more often. Exactly. Yeah. And and look at my list I got here. Smallwood, Clement, number one for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Clement more, but I do see Smallwood as a flex, and I see Clement more like a low-end RB2. Okay. Depending on the matchups, kind of how I, I see that going. I do agree. Clement's the better just because his red zone looks. But you never know if Clement can stay healthy. However, I if the season were to stay as it is, there are season-long studs. But it just makes sense that they bring in LaShawn McCoy. Not that Ooh, Philadelphia is going scared. for LaShawn McCoy. Right. But Buffalo should be, like, even if you give me half of your seventh round pick, like, you give me a foot of the person you draft seventh round, that's better than what we got. Because just, they should be looking to trade. It, not not that Philadelphia is going out to get this guy. But I think Buffalo should be like, hey, hey do you want this guy? Do you want this guy? Do you San want this? Fran? Like, <laughs> anyone dealing with injuries at all, Jacksonville? Like, Try because right. I'm in complete agreement that Buffalo is not competing for a playoff berth mm-hmm. to any degree. They're yeah. in complete rebuild, and LaShawn McCoy's old. And that's the only target they got that can get them anything. Yes. And I understand running back is a little poor, and I think they're probably hoping that he has a couple good games in a row and raises his stock, but I don't know how that'll ever It happen. doesn't. It... So I, I, I'm agreeing with you. If you just trade him for a seventh round pick at some point in this year, you made the right decision. Right. If you get more, great, mm-hmm. but. And you should I, make that trade. And I think that Philadelphia reunion just sounds like an NFL headline. It would be. Um, it, and I don't think the Le- Le'Veon Bell trade happens to Philadelphia. I think this is the only one realistically that could pan out for Philadelphia. But but that's just my thought. I, I think that plays out. Go down your list yeah. a little bit further. Um, number two, I had Cameron Brait. I saw he was getting claimed on a lot of waiver wires. And, ooh, one and two were on the same page. You got him. What is that? 
I'm not in love with Winston, but I know that Winston loves Brady. Right, exactly. Like, last year, I thought Howard had every paperwork thing going for him that Howard was going to destroy that job. And not because Brady was bad, but just because they drafted him so high and he had so much talent. Especially with Howard injured and banged up right now. And especially with that for this week. I think Brady is definitely a top 10 tight end play. This I, I is all like the same forward. weapons except Godwin. We've said it before that Winston has had. Who did Winston throw it to in the past? He actually strays away from all of his very talented targets and goes to Brady. Who's a talented tight end? But not even the most talented tight end on the team. It just no. like that's Winston's thing. He just throws it to Brady and they lose the game. And it, <laughs> congrats, Tampa Bay. You got the. It's gonna it's gonna work for you again. You got two tight ends. It's gonna happen again. There you go. You're gonna get some break receptions and you're gonna lose football games. And believe it or not, Winston isn't a team leader. Have fun. I agree. All right, what do you got next? Can uh, we continue? I know you agree with this one already because we kind of already mentioned it, so I'll just say it. I'm not really going to give it a lot of words. I completely agree with everything you said, Alfred Morris. I, I think Alfred Morris is just a guy that is only owned in 64% of leagues, even though he was on people's draft boards. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that number came from. Yeah. So get him, pick him up. This week with Breida nicked up. And probably all season with Breida nicked up. It seems like it's so far. Yeah. But this week especially, Green Bay, surprisingly, gives up the second least passing yards in the NFL to opposing teams. Yeah. That only makes the narrative look like... Even more. San Francisco's going to have to feed him the ball with all the injured weapons, so... And Shanahan's using his Freeman-Coleman running back tandem thing in San Francisco. So even if Breida's healthy, he's still going to use that split with Morris. It's not, I don't think... As good as Breed has been. But now that he's banged up, definitely it's going to be more of a split. So yeah. Alfred Morris is a solid pickup out in San Francisco because based on game script, based on Breed's health, he's he's a flex play. This week he's climbed up an RB2 in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the last one? Uh, the last one I got is Kiki Cootie, actually. Okay. So he was uh, he's owned in 37% of the leagues. I've seen back-to-back good games from him with a touchdown. I didn't expect that to be ever possible on a team with DeAndre Hopkins. But we were so, both right at the same time. You know, touchdowns are inc- incredibly hard to predict, really, in mm-hmm. football. But we both predicted him under that yard mark, the 60-yard mark. Um, you know, I think he's talented, but if he doesn't have that floor with his yards, and he's not going to with Fuller and Hopkins, I, I see what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing that he's yeah. not a stud. Because that's a I, passing offense in Houston because they don't have a running back. Unless D- Donta Foreman comes back and defies the odds with his Achilles. That would be the most unbelievable thing. But, I, yeah, go for it. But I know what you're saying. It just do you, Would you feel good playing Cutie on a week-to-week basis? I honestly don't know yet. Yeah. From what, the way I'm looking at it, it's a recipe that is scary. And on paper, I don't like it. Where... You have three wide receivers that are all playable on the same team. Mm-hmm. There's only a few teams that can do that. Only L.A. is the one I'm thinking of. Yes, and Detroit's close. Detroit is close because they're but, such a bad team. But I was one, thinking good teams. Yes, but one of those receivers is usually getting left out no matter what team it is. Goff has proven, though, in a game that you can make all three good mm-hmm. fantasy plays. I don't think that's the norm. But for me, I like Kiki Cootie as a pickup, especially with Fuller being questionable most of this season so far. But you're thinking kind of like bench stash kind of? I'm thinking bench stash okay. for now. If you see the targets stay high in the next few weeks, maybe some more. But I before I was kind of like, I don't know if I trust him enough after one big game, it seems fluky. 
two good games in a row where he's involved in the end zone, I'm starting to believe a little bit. And they are a pass-first team with yeah. Houston. Lamar Miller has not been very successful this year. And Alfred Blue as the main runner last week, he played better than I expected, but he's still not taking over any games. No. So, But this is going to be interesting. I think Dante Foreman has the chance to defy the odds. So if you can get him, he is, a, I think, a stud pickup just because – he could be the first one to ever, first running back to ever come back from a torn Achilles. Just because I think two torn Achilles, you're going to run better than Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue right now. <laughs> I just do. I mean, they're just not explosive. I don't know what Alfred Blue does in the community around Houston, but good for him because he must be beloved down there. <laughs> but he's going to be, his stats are just insanely ineffective it's like doug martin level of that's it that's all you're doing every game all game for like a couple of years and then you're still on a team yeah and then and then lamar miller i remember when he first went there i mean you were excited about it but yeah because in miami he was averaging five yards a carry i don't know what happened he was underutilized like every game i went into it like miami why aren't you giving him more carries it's insane you're giving him 12 and he hits you five yards a carry and then he goes to houston for close to what his prime years, prime age is, and he just and can't. Just three yards a carry. I don't. I don't get it. So Dr. Foreman's going to have the chance to be the first one to come back from a torn Achilles. Pick him up and give him the. I picked him up. He's on my IR list, my uh, injured player spot because he's got a chance. I think you're a little more hopeful. I'm not of hopeful. A great comeback. Story. I'm not hopeful of a great comeback story. I'm thinking maybe a flex RB two based on the matchup. To me, that would be a great comeback story. I'm only <laughs> mentioning him because he, I think he, I think they try to run the ball more when he comes back. I would like to think that they, sh- I know they should. They got to if they want to be a legitimate team. Because they can't well, just pass. Watson turns the ball over too often mm-hmm. to, for that to happen. And that's always been my number one knock on him is that maybe he throws the ball for 403 touchdowns. You're probably getting two picks if you're over 50 attempts. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just... I think his upside is so strong, and they'll probably throw a lot continuing throughout the rest of the season. But they, they do need to try to balance it out if they want to win games. Yeah. Uh, was that your last stud, by the way, Morris? That was er, – Kiki Cootie was my last Kiki stud. Kiki yeah. yeah. Um, I'll throw out one more stud. I liked what I saw last game with Hines. I'm not saying he's anything spectacular, but he is definitely a stud for what you're getting, I think, and that's a solid flex play. Mm-hmm. Um, it just – Andrew Luck's going to be throwing all season long. We talked about how he's not hitting these downfield passes, so he's going to be checking it down, I think, to Hines pretty consistently for a flex play when you don't got anything better going on. Especially when you're looking at Ebron and Hines as being your like two leading target getters. I, I, get, I get on board with that. Yeah. Duds, what you got? Uh, I already mentioned him, Jamal Charles. I, th- I see a few people picking him up in leagues. Yeah, he's a dud. But I, please don't. I mean, maybe he gets a few carries, but his ceiling is so low. If you're cutting a quality member of your team – as long as you're like not cutting a kicker in a twelve team league, if that that's what you're giving up, go for it. Mm-hmm. But that's about the, as much as I'm willing. And then to shame pay. on you for carrying two kickers. I'd rather you go Foreman for sure. I would rather you go basically anybody else rather than Jamal Charles because mm-hmm. I, I imagine they're just going to trade for someone else new. So, I, I know Charles might have an opportunity, but his ceiling seems so low to me. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? One more dud. Taylor Gabriel. I saw that his additions were happening, and I think this is the same story that we mentioned with Trubitsky. 
he had one really amazing game for Trubisky last game against maybe the worst secondary in football, probably between them and Kansas City. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay all the way. I, I just, I, I don't believe at all. And so, to me, you can, if you want to bench stash him, I can't really, cons- I can't actually tell you that's not a, that's a horrible idea. But to me, he's a huge boomer bust wide out four. So, I think you can just get better receivers all the way around that are more involved. Like, I think even Quincy Anoon was better, even after the complete dud he put up last week. Yeah, His involvement's is. way better. I mean, I think there's innumerable ones that are out there that yeah. are better. The only thing I do give him is his target numbers are insane. Like, easily Trubisky's favorite target to throw to. Does it translate to many yards? No. And if you get rid of the illusion game against Tampa Bay... Do you trust him? Probably not. But he does get targets. I I imagine Allen Robinson should get more of those targets as the season goes along. more talented. And then, I mean, same with Trey Burton. I think he should be getting more targets. And Cohen in the backfield should be getting more targets. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a strange allotment of his decision-making. It just shows you that he's not in the (laughs) jet. Yeah, agreed. So that was your last dud? That was my last dud, yeah. Um, So this one kind of seems crazy since he was drafted. Pretty decently high for a wide receiver. Robbie Anderson remains a dud. He's not had a game over three receptions on the season. And, like, Sam Darnold's stat line isn't like, he, oh, he just found his rhythm. He just, just I don't like him. Yeah. Do you trust Anderson in any of your lineups? As much as I loved him preseason, and I really did love him preseason. Uh, yeah. I did. If McCown's a quarterback. It, truth. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it. I think they just have a lot of dudes there, and they like to throw to Quincy Anunua underneath. And then they have Terrell Pryor, who's like a guy I think they want to try to get involved. Robbie Anderson has the looming suspension issue as well. It doesn't look like it might. It, I'm optimistic it probably won't happen. But like you said, low target numbers, low catch numbers. Yeah, and they're yeah. holding Darnold's hand. They don't let. It. They don't let him unleash the football at all down the field, and that's where Robbie Anderson's looking good. So, yeah. I'm not a believer either. I mean, as a bench stash, I think he's way better than Gabriel, but. It, it, neither they, they look like the same dude to me. I just don't believe in either one of them as being all or nothing in a non-passing first system. Yeah. Well, I'll give two more out there. Just because I mentioned Dante Foreman, they're definitely going to give him carries when he gets back because they don't have much else going on. Lamar Miller's healthy again. A dud pickup is Alfred Blue. Even if he was the guy, I don't know if I trust him. And now with all the other people coming back in a week, nah. I, I just don't think that's there. I think you're very desperate, and good luck for the rest of the season. Yes. Alfred Blue's on your radar. Um, and then Mike Davis is a dud to me. I was kind of waiting to see how they did that because he was so efficient last week. Yeah. Um, and then two weeks ago. And then last week I was surprised. I can't believe Seattle handed the ball off that many times. <laughs> yes. um, but Seattle is not that good of a team. I think L.A. is extremely susceptible to the run, believe it or not. Which is crazy. But that's a whole other story. I just, again, I don't want a part of the Seattle committee. I think Chris Carson's the only running back worth owning in Seattle. Um, and he's streamable. And I think he's got a good matchup against Oakland. And do you want to sell him high this week? Maybe. If I had him, I'd probably keep him one more week up against Oakland and then sell high on him. But either way, I think he's so high. I just don't like anything about Seattle's run defense. And, I mean, r- running a game. And I, I just, no thanks. Mike Davis, the, the second string 
sandwiched in between him and their draft pick. It, it is awkward. He's overachieved a lot. I, I didn't expect anything from him after the huge game that came out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, though. Maybe if he has one more game, I might change my tune a little bit and be like, maybe add him. But I'm never going to feel confident as long as he's in that system. I would never play him. Line. I would rather own Dante Foreman. There you go. That's an example of a pickup I'd rather make. I'd rather have Naheem Hines. I'd rather have Alfred Morris. I'd... It's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm just so pleased with how he's ran <laughs> that it's almost it's almost converting me. But on paper, I couldn't be less excited about him. Yeah. But if I look at his stat line, it is appealing. So I, I don't know on him. I'm, I don't have him as a stud or a dud. I'm like a sit and wait one more week sort of guy. I don't know. Well, don't believe. you can wait. I think Oakland is a perfect matchup. But after that, I think Seattle's running game just starts hitting walls. Again, like they were early in the season. Because I don't think it's good offense. That's fair. But I digress. Well, sir, it's your favorite part of the show where you take over. We are talking about our fantasy foresight. So, for this week, our first foresight, who will have more touches, Smallwood or Clement? I'm glad we went touches because I really don't know who's been touching the ball more this game. (laughs) No idea. I just know about the touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. And I know Clement was a little bit banged up. I, either way, I did have Clement because that's who I started over Smallwood. Yeah, I had Clement as well. Um, I think Smallwood's touches were lower. If you were going to pick yards, I might say Smallwood over Clement. But for touches, I think Clement in this particular matchup, even with his him being nicked up. I, I think so too. And the, what gave it away for me was Clement talking to the media saying, I'm ready for a huge workload. Like, I'm healthy enough, I'm ready, this is my opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, Clement, I, I picked both of them up because somehow I got both of them. <laughs> That's amazing. But, <laughs> like, I don't know what was going on in that 12-team league, I got both of them. <laughs> but anyways, so I have both, and I started Clement just because when you hear, you know, the, the coach will never give away his tactic because he's smart. But the player, <laughs> you never know. He'll give away some hints, so listen to what that player has to say, and I think, but we'll we'll see. We don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe. We literally have no updates except what we checked in between these segments. True. And I have no idea who's touching Baltimore. But all right. Number two, which receiver has more yards this week, Kiki Kuti or Muhammad Sanu? I like this one because one's flashy, one's new, one's old, um, and and they're both putting up some good numbers on the season. They're both banged up right now. What do you got? I'm gonna go. Cootie. Okay. As much as I want to say Sanu against that matchup, and I think that there's so many points to be scored there, I think with all the injuries in the Houston core, if Cootie plays, I think he has the ability to get more yards this particular week. I think Ridley and Jones are going to be the ones pushing it down the field more, and then they'll run underneath, and then a couple of underneath routes for Sanu, he'll be involved. I like them both a lot, uh, at least to own. (laughs) And I think Cootie has a little bit better this week. Yeah, uh, well, here we go. We got a little different. If they both are healthy enough to play, I think the seri- the injury to Sanu is a little bit more serious than the one of Cutie. But either way, if they're both suiting up to play, um, and they're listed as full, ready to go, I like Sanu with yards more, just because you've even said it. Deshaun Watson isn't in the cakiest of matchups against Buffalo D. Correct. Um, and Sanu has got a pretty good floor for yardage. So, uh, especially against Tampa Bay, I like Sanu this week over the flashy new guy. All right. We got a disagreement. There we go. But now on to the next one. 
We got a trifecta this time. Oh, it's, I like it. I like it. What is go. it? Which backup running back has the most fantasy points this week? Alfred Morris, Yeldon, or Coleman? See, you look at those names and you don't even think twice about it. If you told me all three of those guys are starting, I think Tevin Coleman. <laughs> yes. However, this week I don't. I, I like Alfred Morris. Most fantasy points. Ooh. See, I very deeply looked at Coleman as well because I, I mean that I think that's everyone's gut reaction. He's a proven backup. He's been a top ten running back when he's playing mm-hmm. in fantasy for the last few years. But I like Yeldon. Mm-hmm. Like I think Yeldon is going to be the most involved in this particular week. Um, his matchup isn't great <laughs> against Dallas, but I, I like him. I, I think Yeldon is my favorite play this week. Maybe if we go with more trifectas, we'll have a little bit more uh, difference. <laughs> Maybe this is the way to go. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, you know, Coleman in that Atlanta matchup, the only way I think he gets more fantasy points is based on touchdown, but Tampa Bay is secretly like, hey, their front line with McCoy is like, hey, guys, we're, we're pretty decent. Like, I think they're only, they're giving up, like, close to 80 yards per game on the ground with mm-hmm. a, you know, a plus yards per carry, but it's just their pass defense is such garbage is why that defense is such a joke. No one can, eat, no one even bothers to run the football, so, yeah, I'm with you. But on to the next. Which back has more yards this week? We're running back focused this week. We got a lot of running back questions. Well, running back is the only thing that's up in the air in fantasy to me. Yeah. So I, I don't doubt it because quarterback questions are boring. At this point, I completely agree with you. But do you got Cohen or Howard okay. for more yards this week? Um... I'm going to go Jordan Howard because I've already said it. Um, Cohen was a part of that illusion game. Um, and maybe they try to do that again. Nagy said it was just that game plan. But I love the floor that Howard always gives you as a running back. And uh, like I said, he's the most consistent, the best, most talented option they got on that offense. He needs to get that ball fed to him. Um, especially in a decent matchup against Miami on the ground. I, I think they should, and I think he will have more yards. I agree. <laughs> I like Jordan Howard as well. I think he, he had uh, a bit of a rough game the last game, and I don't even understand it. I don't know how you blow someone out so hard in the first half, and then the game flow doesn't dictate you give the ball to your starting running back at all in the he second half. He didn't even get the majority of those 11 carries to like the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was insane. So I don't think that can continue. And I think it might have been almost more of a resting him sort of thing, where it's like we don't want to tire out our workhorse. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I like Jordan Howard going for going forward this week with yards, and then the final we gotta pick them. Who wins this week? That's Kansas cool. City or New England? Who do you got? The undefeated Chiefs versus the not so undefeated Patriots. See, I, I really thought hard, long and hard about this, but one stat really broke it down, and I can't I can't say I looked this up myself. I heard it on the radio, but New England is something over twenty and zero against quarterbacks at the age of 23 or under since Bill Belichick's been in there. That's pretty neat. So we got a Mahomes right now at 23 years old. So I'm going to play those odds in particular. And New England had so much momentum after their last game. I'm going to go with New England. In Foxborough, I think we see Kansas City get their first loss. All right. We're both on the same page. Yep. I think that is going to be a superb game to watch. Fun game. Yeah. But I'm sure Dallas will be on TV and we can't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Always, Dennis. Always. Oh, man. Awesome stuff. You got anything else you want to add on before we wrap up this episode? No. Just 
a lot of good games this year. This is a pretty fun fantasy season. Or not even fantasy season. I've had a pretty miserable fantasy season so far. <laughs> but a fun, fun football season. So hopefully you're all having as much fun as I am. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, likely on Thursday next week, everybody. So uh, thanks for listening. Hope this helped out. And enjoy the rest of this uh, Philadelphia game we got going on. Can't wait to go watch it. Take it easy, guys.